finding out you're going to preach on Saturday is that you guys will get out on time, almost assuredly. So, um, but no, we'll be in the book of Galatians. And uh, <laughs> uh, Galatians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1. So, sometimes I try to do my own repairs. I don't know if any of you men also try to do your own repairs. Um, sometimes there's more trying than actually succeeding. And so the latest thing to break at my house was my oven. Um, ovens, it, it, I had never done anything to an oven before. And it seems a little bit more dangerous than a washing machine, <laughs> right? It's a washing machine, you're like, well, I could flood my whole house. But with an oven, you're like, fire, that's, that's a little bit different than, than uh, tinkering with a washing machine and so, or the dishwasher. Um, and I was, it got me thinking about this. So we're in the book of Romans on Sunday morning usually. Pastor Kevin's going through the book of Romans. And it's just this, this in-depth, amazing, um, deep exploration of what the gospel is, of what God has done for man, of how we relate to him. And so I got thinking about that, and I thought, that's kind of like the owner's manual, right? That's the owner's manual. And in the book of Galatians, you would have more like the warning sticker, right? Like, this could blow up. This could go bad. Don't ignore it, okay? And so Paul, when he's writing the book of Galatians, um, it's different than the book of Romans. And not everything is explained um, as in-depth, but it is about the gospel. And it's about a gospel that the church was, it's about the gospel that the church was being tempted to turn away from, um, to change, to adapt, to, uh, to bow to the pressure of men, that they would make the gospel something that it's something different than what it really is. So in my mind, that's the warning sticker. Paul um, is just in the book of Galatians, it just is on fire. I mean, he's just saying, like, you cannot ignore this stuff. You cannot get this stuff wrong. Um, it's super important. So we've been studying it in the college group, and so it was an obvious place for me to turn when I got the call yesterday that Kevin was sick. So basically, the warning sticker talks about immediate danger, and the, church, the churches that Paul is writing to are in immediate danger. Because if the gospel is changed, it is no gospel. It is no gospel anymore. And so we'll see that, we'll see, you would see these themes over and over if you went through uh, the book of Galatians or the book of Romans. But even in just, we're going to take the first 10 verses this morning. Um, and even though in Romans, again, this would probably be like four or five chapters, Paul is just laser focused on the gospel and the fact that we are in danger if it changes. All right, we are in danger if it changes. So the main point this morning, I'll give it to you right now so uh, you can go to sleep later. Um, the main point today is because the gospel came from God and not from man, the truths of the gospel are unchangeable. Right? Because the gospel came from God and not from man, the truths of the gospel are unchangeable. So if you all would stand with me, we're going to read Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and we'll read down through, the, uh, through verse 10. This is the book of Galatians, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, 
But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And as we have said before, so now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Would you pray with me that we could understand God's word? God, we love you. Um, Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you that you have explained it to us, God. You have warned us. Um, You have loved us so much to warn us. And so, God, keep us um, focused on your word this morning. Help us to learn and to grow. And we thank you for being with us. We do pray for Kevin. You feel better. We pray for our church family, for everyone who might be sick or discouraged or down. Um, God, that you would lift their spirits today and use your word for that. Lord, we love you. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I wanted to give a summary of the gospel before we get started. And again, we could go all through the book of Romans and you could, I mean, you could take hours to summarize the gospel. But short summary that I wrote down. God has provided salvation for sinners. Okay, God has provided salvation for sinners by, sin, by giving his son Jesus to die on the cross in our place. Okay, he took the wrath we deserved. He offers us his righteousness. God raised him from the dead in victory over sin and death. Christ ascended into heaven, offering eternal life through the salvation that he had accomplished. And we receive this salvation by grace through faith, which is our trust in Jesus Christ, and not through any work of our own in keeping the law, or any reliance on our own imagined goodness. Okay? My father-in-law used to summarize it this way. He said, I can't save myself. God can, and so I'll trust God. Okay? I can't save myself. God can, and so I'll trust God. Um, that's the gospel. And so Paul jumps right in. And really, he can't, he, he can't stop himself. Look down at verse 1. Uh, so the first, first point of the day. The apostles who preach the gospel are appointed by God. Paul, an apostle... Okay, that's as far as he could get before he could start talking about the danger they were in, (laughs) right? He just said his name. I'm Paul. I'm an apostle. Oh, and by the way, I'm not an apostle from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the church and all the brothers who are with me, right? And so Paul right off the bat says, wait a second. I'm going to start this letter as I start every letter. Paul, an apostle. But he stops and he says, I want you to know I'm not an apostle because of any person. I'm not an apostle because of man. I'm not an apostle because some people told me I should be. I'm not an apostle because I was a good speaker. I'm not an apostle because I had some clever ideas. I'm not an apostle because I liked traveling the Roman Empire. Right? He says, I'm an apostle through Jesus Christ and God the Father. If I asked you how you got your job, right? Hey, how'd you get your job? Oh, I knew somebody. Oh, my dad got me a job. Oh, I was the most qualified candidate. None of that is true for Paul, right? He's, he's not, it's not like, he, I'm an apostle, yeah, I just kind of fell into it, you know. He was appointed by God, right? You can go back and read this if you want in Acts chapter 9. Paul is a murderer. Paul is a zealot. Paul is a man who is trying his best to destroy Christianity and to protect, um, to protect Judaism that he knew. And God 
knocks him down and blinds him on a desert road and says, Jesus says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? I have a job for you, Paul. Right? He was appointed by God. Not just, and we could broaden this out, not just Paul, but all the, all the apostles. Right? Come follow me, Jesus told them. Come follow me. Every single one. And every single one of them not just followed him, but died for him. Right? They died for him. Okay? They, 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 you don't do that for some job you got because your dad put you there. Right? Paul says, I was appointed for this by Jesus Christ and by God the Father. And he even can't, look down at verse 1, he can't even stop himself from sneaking in a little bit of the gospel. Who raised him from the dead. Right? He says, this is not the God you might be thinking of. Anybody, anybody in, in Rome who doesn't know, this is not the God you might be thinking of. Some little statue that you bow to. This is the God who raised Jesus from the dead. That's the God who appointed me to do this. And so if God appointed Paul, God sent these people with the gospel, it's not for anyone else to say, oh, I think we should tweak it a little bit. I think we'll just make some adjustments. I mean, God didn't knock me down on the Damascus Road and send me across the Roman Empire that I would eventually die for him. But I have some changes I would like to make. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with this section. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with what this says. I think we should be a little more spiritual this way. Right? When I say it that way, it sounds ridiculous. And yet that's what's going on in the Galatian church. There's some people who've come from Jerusalem. Coming in on the tales of Paul and they're saying... Don't you think you could be just a little bit more spiritual than that guy? Do you really think you need to give up all of your works? You really think Jesus did everything? Don't you think there's a little more we should add? And it's not to be changed, right? So, the apostles who preach the gospel are appointed by God. Look at verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God the Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Second point, the salvation that we gain in the gospel is accomplished by God. Okay? So the apostles are appointed by God and salvation is accomplished by God. Look at what he says in verse... So verse 3, finally he gets around to his typical hello. Right? Grace and peace to you. This is... This is Paul's way of saying hello. So he says, I'm an apostle. By the way, not from man, but from God. And he says, hi, and Jesus did everything. That's what's happening here. It's very strange writing even. Look down, he says, so grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? This is the second time he's used both full titles for God, by the way. Okay? And he says, who gave himself? Who gave himself? For our sins. Paul says, I didn't give myself for you. You didn't give yourself for you. Some little statue didn't give itself for you. These people from Jerusalem who followed me here didn't give themselves for you. They didn't die. And by the way, we already mentioned that Jesus rose from the dead. Who did those things? God did those things for us. Right? And for us, this is a little more obvious, we weren't there. Right? You weren't urging Jesus, oh, Jesus, this is a good plan. I'm glad. This, I agree with this. I agree with this plan, Jesus. He doesn't need our approval. 
right? The church throughout the ages is not looking for us to say, yeah, we think this is culturally acceptable now. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Um, folks, let, we don't want to fumble this, right? The church has been keeping this going for 2,000 years. Jesus Christ has been working through people faithfully holding true to the gospel. And yet in our generation... Some of, you, some of you are like, not my generation, <laughs> right? In my generation, people want to say, well, we'd like to make some changes. We didn't do it. Look down. So, so, I mean, this is, so Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the evil age. What does it mean that we needed to be delivered? We were stuck. We were slaves. We were, I mean, right? In Romans, we've just been through the first three chapters, I mean, Kevin has literally spent the past 10 sermons saying that we needed to be delivered. Like I said, Galatians and, uh, Galatians and Romans are a little bit different, right? But here Paul says he delivered us. We needed to be delivered from these things. <laughs> I put here in my notes. Um, God doesn't need any, any coaching from the couch, right? Some of you, when you watch sports, you become the most amazing athlete and tactician and sport like every knowledge you could referee you could be the running back you could whatever position there is you have some advice for them right God is not sitting down and some of you do the same with reality tv whatever show you do it with we all do it in some ways we're like oh it should have gone this way right oh if I you know if I'd been doing that quiz show I would have won well uh, God is not looking for our coaching in this matter Right? He's not looking to us saying, oh, okay, I'll change it a little bit for you all. What did Jesus say on the cross? He said, it is finished. Can you imagine? So Paul comes into, into the, Paul in Galatia and he says, it's finished. And some people following on his tail says, don't you think we should just add a little? Couldn't you be a little more spiritual about it? Don't you think we should have some requirements for people to believe the gospel? They should have to do something, right? And Paul's writing to them going, are you kidding me? I just told you that Jesus said it was finished. Right? Look down. So he says, who delivered himself for our, deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God. That's why he doesn't need our coaching. God's will has it. His plan is doing great. And he says, verse 5, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. From the beginning of our salvation to forever and ever. Amen. All the way back to the cross and all the way back to creation. God has accomplished our salvation. Right? And so we don't need to, we don't need to change it. <laughs> it doesn't need any changing. If God's accomplishing our salvation in the gospel, it's not for us to change. Some of us do this even with our doctors. We know that you're, you're probably going to save my life, but I have some ideas. I have some ideas about how you should accomplish this. Right? Now, I'm not saying all doctors are right all the time, but I'm just saying like our arrogance can very highly get in the way right? where we would argue with God. Okay? So then verse 6, this is where he really starts. So that was just the introduction, right? It was just the introduction. Paul, it! From God, not, not, I'm, I'm not from any man. 
And he says, hello. Oh, and Jesus did everything. And now he's finally ready to start his letter. And he starts it off by saying, I am astonished. I am astonished. You guys have probably heard this before, but this is the only letter where Paul does this. Every other epistle that he writes, the very next thing after Paul and hello is either thanksgiving or a blessing. He either says, I'm thankful for you guys. I I pray God bless you guys. Every single one, you can look at it. And how does he start? Hi. Oh, I'm from Jesus, not just me. Uh, Hello. Oh, and God accomplished our salvation, and I'm astonished at you. (laughs) Right? I'm astonished. Why is he astonished? I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Church, I want you to know, I I sometimes preach as if you guys are the Galatians. You're not the Galatians. I believe our church is holding strong to the gospel, right? I believe that you folks here, that you're here sitting under the word of God because you believe the gospel, because you believe it is true, because you believe that no matter what a, a person or a government or a whole world says, it doesn't matter what anybody else could say, we're going to hold to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? And so I want to tell you guys, I know that, and I believe that for our church. But Paul is astonished at them, and he says, look at this. So what you're deserting the gospel of him who called you in grace. In grace. You're deserting him who called you in grace. Grace. Grace, grace. God's grace. Right? The gospel is about grace. The gospel, we, we couldn't... It doesn't have anything to do with us earning it. That's what that word grace means. It's gift. The word means gift. The word means gift. If you think that your salvation is anything besides a gift, that's not the gospel. Right? That's not the gospel. The thing our culture really wants to argue right now is I don't need nothing from God. I don't need any gift from Him. I'm fine without Him. Any gospel that starts at that point cannot be the gospel we're talking about here because we need a gift from God we need it we need it I love those a lot of those songs this morning talked about how needy we are and that God will provide everything God will provide everything keep going verse oh the end of verse six and are turning to a different gospel and Paul realizes that even that phrase different gospel is like an oxymoron it can't it can't even make sense Right? And he quickly, so then he quickly adds, not that there is another one. Right? It's a, it's a little bit hard to translate even, but he's like, a different gospel. I think the NIV says, it's not even a gospel. Or not that there is another one. There's no, he says, there's no, there's no other good news, there's no other message that can save you but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he says, not that there is another gospel. That's not, if, you, if, if the gospel's from God, if he accomplished it, if he appointed the people who told us about it, and we change it, what have we done? We've destroyed it. That's why Paul is so passionate and so quick in this letter, and he jumps right on it, because he says, these people that followed me into this church are trying to destroy the gospel. They're trying to destroy it. You can call it another gospel. You can call it another religion. You can call it, well, some people disagree. Paul says, if it's different than what we told you, it's not the gospel, right? Uh, not another gospel. And he says, verse, in the middle of verse 7, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel. 
So there were people, sometimes we're not the only ones who've had this, right? There were people that in Paul's day, it, it appears they followed him around almost, trying to, trying to either gain finance. We don't know what they were doing all the time, but followed him around saying, oh, that Jesus stuff, like, let's just stay Jewish. Let's just stay Jewish. That Paul, he's a little bit zealous. We don't really need, and he says, there's people trying to trouble you. People trying to trouble you. Who's trying to trouble you? Most people that I know of who've walked away from the gospel, it wasn't some academic class that did it. It was a person. And it wasn't even always an argument. Sometimes it was just emotion. Right? Sometimes it was just a person that was trying, well, how can I reconcile what this person's doing with the gospel? I'll tell you, that's a dangerous step to take in your mind. Right? That's a dangerous step. I know sometimes we have kids who don't believe. Sometimes we have parents who don't believe. Sometimes we think our whole culture doesn't believe. Whatever it is. And we can start to bother us and it can say, oh, this is troubling me. And I want to tell you, the gospel is the gospel. Right? And we change to it. Not it changing to us. And so I want to encourage those of you, hold fast. Keep, keep for, if you know someone who doesn't believe and they want to, well, if God was just like this, then I would believe. It's a famous, I think it's C.S. Lewis quote, where he says, if we only uh, accept the parts of the Bible that we think are true, we don't really believe the Bible, we believe ourselves. Right? If God revealed it, if God accomplished it, then we trust him with it. And I realize that's difficult, but that's what Paul is fighting for. That's what he's arguing for here. He says something that's pretty, um, pretty incredible to me. So verse 7, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Again, of Christ, of Christ, God the Father. Like, I think in 10 verses, the name of God is 10 times. Right? This passage about the fact that the gospel is from God. But then he says something that takes me back. Verse 8. But even if we, even if we, or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel to you contrary. Now he's using the word contrary. He's like, this is a better word about a gospel that's changed. Contrary. But think about it. He says, even if I come back to you and have changed my mind, it doesn't matter. Why? Because it's from God. Maybe some of you have known a preacher who's fallen, fallen away and gone off the deep end. No offense, it didn't change the gospel. It didn't change the gospel. The gospel has remained the same because of Jesus, because it's from God. And so Paul says, even if I come back to you and preach something different, even if an angel from heaven comes down to you and tries to change the gospel. Right? And he says, he said, right? Look down, look down and he says, even if an angel from heaven, right? He's not even talking about a demon. Even if an angel from heaven comes. You guys know that there's a ton of cults who have been started by people who say they saw angels from heaven, right? Paul says, if they change the gospel, what's the end? Verse 8, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel, contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Paul says, let me or let that angel be accursed. This is a word for 
utterly condemned. Right? Utterly condemned. Um, let, let, I mean, we, it's, it's, um, it's anathema. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty close to physically, like to just cursing someone. He says, let them be accursed. That's a pretty big deal. Paul says, if I change the gospel, I'm accursed. If an angel changes the gospel, the angel's accursed. And the, the next deduction, look down. As we have said, so now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Uh, what, does that, what does that mean for us? It means everybody. Me, an angel, you. Some, some denomination votes that the gospel should be updated. Doesn't matter. <laughs> right? If some religion looks stronger than Christianity right now, doesn't matter. Right? Paul says, let them be accursed. It's huge. Um, and he says, verse 9, he says, we've said this before. Paul says, I told, he, he's, we know that at every church he was at, he, he says this in several other letters too, He says, we warned you. We warned you. We warned you that it wouldn't be popular. (laughs) We warned you that people would be tempted to turn away. We warned you that people would come and try to change it. We warned you that people would try to come and make money off the gospel. We warned you that people, like we warned, he says, we warned you. We warned you. We warned you. But he basically says, I received it from God. I saw the risen Christ. Jesus Christ accomplished it, and on the cross, he said, it's finished. And Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will give eternal life. Not, I come to you, not if you come to Jesus and do something else. Okay? We say, in, people say, if you add anything to the gospel, it's not the gospel. Right? The gospel plus whatever. The gospel even plus baptism. Not the gospel. The gospel plus going to church, not the gospel, right? The gospel minus all the really bad sins, right? Some people say, oh, you have to clean yourself up before you come to Jesus. You can't have the gospel unless you are this way, this way, and this way. What is that? It's a different gospel, right? Because they've said, oh, the gospel's only, it's only reserved for the holy people. But Jesus said, I came to save sinners, Right? He said, it's not, the, it's not the healthy that need saving, it's the sick. Right? This was the God. And Paul says, we, told, we laid it out to you, and we warned you that people would try to change it. We warned you. So I want to encourage you, don't let it be changed. Um, man, as so I have down here, man changing the gospel, man changing the gospel changes it into man's gospel, which is actually not a gospel. And it's definitely not God's gospel, and it's not a gospel that can save. Right? This is one reason why I hold, why we hold strong, why why we cling to the word of God, right? Because if man made up your religion, and man can change your religion, then guess who you're relying on to be saved in your religion? You're relying on man. You're relying on man, not on God. All right, point number four, we'll go down to verse 10. For am I now seeking the approval of man 
or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's kind of what made me think of this passage. Last week we started this like wisdom for the week thing and we skipped it this week because I had to do this. But last week I put up a verse up there that said, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but those who trust in the Lord will be kept safe. Right? The fear of man will, will prove to be a snare, a trap, but those who trust in the Lord will be kept safe. What does Paul say here? For am I now seeking the approval of man? He says, I don't need the approval of these guys that came in after me. <laughs> I don't need your approval as the Galatian church. I don't need your approval as Bear Valley church. God doesn't need my approval from up here behind this wannabe pulpit. Right? Um, sorry, some of you got that. But, um, <laughs> wee. Um, sorry, I had to lighten it up a little. Some of you know I was losing you. Uh, God doesn't need my approval. God doesn't need your approval. But I don't, but to preach the gospel, we don't need the approval of who, I mean, whoever you could name. We definitely don't need Gavin Newsom's approval, right? No offense to him. I don't need Ted Cruz's approval either, right? I don't know whichever favorite Democrat or Republican you want to name. I don't, I don't need Vladimir Putin's approval. I don't need any, I don't need any, we don't, we, we don't look to man, not to a government, we don't, uh, no offense, but this is the thing, you don't need the approval of your kids, and that's a tough one, right? They don't get a veto on the gospel, they, they don't get to say, well, we'll just tweak this part, and you and your heart go, well, I guess I could tweak that part. We can't tweak that part, it's not our gospel. It's not our gospel. Um, and believe me, I say that as a former youth pastor who watches kids leave and they don't all keep the faith. Right? They don't all keep the faith. Some of them are going to have to find it again. Right? And how are they going to do that? Through us. Holding to it. <laughs> and saying, it's the same. It's the same thing I told you when you were five. It's the same thing I told you when you were in high school. It's the same thing I told you when you were in college. It's going to be the same thing I tell you when you're married, when you have kids. Till the day I die, it's the same gospel. It hasn't changed. Um, and let us be faithful to that. Because Paul says this, the verse 10, the basic takeaway is, don't change the gospel to get approval from anybody. Don't change the gospel to get approval from anybody. If you want to see that, read later in chapter 2 where the Apostle Paul calls out the Apostle Peter because he was tempted to try to get approval from these people who had come from Jerusalem. And Paul says in chapter 2, I confronted him to his face. Right? He says, Paul, an apostle, I went to the Apostle Peter to his face and said, what are you doing? Okay? That's not the gospel. And the deal is, Peter hadn't turned away from the gospel, but he was thinking about it because he was seeking what? He was seeking the approval of these Jewish people. And Peter said, don't do it. So, like I said, we'll be done on time today. The gospel, the apostles are appointed by God. Okay? Our salvation is accomplished by God. Okay? If we change the gospel, we've made it man's gospel, not God's gospel. 
which is no gospel at all, right? That's the basics today. Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the same, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so may that be true of us. Um, if you're in danger today, talk to somebody, <laughs> right? Um, like I said, I believe our church is holding firm to the gospel, but these Galatians, Paul writes to them as if they're in immediate danger, okay? If you come over to my house and you mess with the oven, you might be in danger, okay? You might be in danger, but that doesn't mean anything. But if you're here today and you're thinking, maybe this part of the gospel, maybe there's some wiggle room there. Maybe, uh, I want to encourage you. Come talk to me, talk to somebody. Admit that, right? It's not like we're going to say, oh, you're a curse. Get out of the church. No, right? We're going to say, oh, you know, sometimes I struggle too. Sometimes I struggle with seeking the approval of man. Sometimes I struggle thinking that the gospel has to do with me, right? That I have to be better, that I, because, I mean, if you're a perfectionist, raise your hand, right? I am, <laughs> right? Oh, if I was just better. The gospel is not about me being better. It's not about you being better. Not about you being a little more spiritual or a little less spiritual. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ died for us. And so that's what I wanted to communicate this morning. If you all would pray with me, uh, we'll be done. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Lord, I, I struggle to convey what you want to convey, but your word doesn't struggle. And so I thank you for clarity. Uh, God, I thank you that you have shown us the gospel in your son, I thank you that you appointed apostles who wrote it down for us, who preached it faithfully, even to their own deaths. God, I pray that we would not change it. Um, God, I think about, as we continue to walk through the book of Romans, Lord, that we would submit to your word, that we would submit to your teaching. Um, God, that the spirit of our age that is so arrogant that to think that they know better than you, so arrogant as to say that there is no God, so arrogant as to say that they will determine their own destiny. God, keep that spirit away from us and help us to submit to you and submit to what you've told us. Um, God, thank you. We pray for those that are really in cults, that are... Um, following leaders and books that have come and changed the gospel of Jesus Christ into something that it is not. God, we pray that you would unveil their eyes, that they would turn to Christ only for salvation, um, that they would realize that they need it, that they are sinners, and that they cannot earn it. Uh, so God, we love you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for saving us because of him. God, I pray that this church would stand on the gospel, and I pray that all faithful churches around this country would. Um, God, that we could preach Christ uh, no matter what comes. God, we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.